Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. Gotta take your soul, you're on your own. A crow flies straight, a perfect line. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I hope everyone had a great weekend watching their favorite college team play. And for the most listeners of this show, I'm sure your team probably lost since five of the eight teams in the AP lost. But it was a crazy weekend. Separation Saturday did exactly just that. But the question really is, how much do we really separate? We're going to look over the new poll that came out. We're going to discuss some surprises this week as it started Thursday night with Arizona going into Eugene, Oregon, and and taking, you know, Oregon behind the woodshed. Rich Rodriguez, we're going to maybe discuss a little bit of his future at Arizona. How long will he stay at Arizona if he keeps winning? And it's funny, when you look at the new updated poll and you see Arizona in the top ten of the AP poll and TCU number nine, I mean, it's just like a, a total makeover in the polls. And when I look at the polls and I see Mississippi State and Ole Miss tied for third, it just really wakes you up and, and lets you know how much parity is in college football. And we'll we'll discuss the new number two ranked team, the Auburn Tigers. Don't know if, if, if we really want that ranking right now or number one, Florida State. I just care about the final four at the end of the season. And there's a lot of people very, very shaken up about what happened this weekend. And, Trey, I don't know about you, but Separation Saturday, should it be called Separation Saturday or Elimination Saturday? We're having a little trouble getting Trey in the studio. Let me try it one more time. Trey, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, buddy. Separation Saturday or Elimination Saturday, man? Which one was it? Well, I mean, it depends on who you're asking for. Uh, I think some teams are separated. I think Alabama, you know, teams like that are not eliminated. I think that's just naive. But I think some teams are eliminated. I think Oklahoma has a very tough road. I mean, you can't say they're eliminated just yet. But, um, I mean, it's going to be a tough road for, for Oklahoma and even Oregon to get back in this. So while they're not eliminated yet, Tarvin, I mean, they're, they have a long way to go and have to hope for a lot of teams to lose. You know, Trey, I was thinking the other night when Oregon lost, uh, I was thinking, wow, that really, really killed Michigan State. But after Saturday, seeing not just Oregon lose, but Alabama, Oklahoma, UCLA, all these other teams lost, I think Michigan State is a team right now that they, they should feel very good about a chance to win the Big Ten, win out and claim that fourth spot. And, and before I was against Michigan State being there, but after watching this team, I have no problem with Michigan State if they went out to be in that Final Four. I think it's possible. I, I still think there are some um, there's some some teams I think out there that people are overlooking at this point. Uh, one of them is Baylor, um, who have a really good shot to get in. I think Baylor uh, now you yeah. look at that Big Twelve and you got to think, wow, it's really opened up for them. Uh, yeah, they still play Oklahoma, and they still play Oklahoma State, and they have some very tough games coming up. 
But you have to think, Tarvin, I mean, it's now ahead of them at least, and, and we'll have to see how they play, basically knowing if they went out, they're in. Well, Baylor to me is a, is a poor man's Oklahoma, really. I mean, you look at Baylor, sure, if they went out, they're going to have a case. But Oklahoma, losing to a 25th-ranked team on the road the way they did, you and I weren't sold on Oklahoma. We'll talk about all these games. I really want to touch on the conferences really right now. But losing that game, they didn't lose to Baylor. They didn't lose to Kansas State. They lost to TCU. And are there enough games on their schedule? Just say Oklahoma wins out, one loss, Big 12 champion, without a championship game. How difficult is it going to be for them to jump a one-loss team? Well, I mean, because of their out-of-conference, it's going to be very difficult. And you have to think they have to play, you know, Oklahoma State and Baylor um, with a very high ranking, and they need to look good doing it. So, for for Oklahoma, Tarvin, it's a, it's a tough formula. It's almost like calculus. You got to figure it out because it's there's not an easy path, as you could see with Alabama, as you could see with teams, uh, say in the SEC West, that might lose. I mean, you just see a path they could make it in, and I, I can even see a path right now for Georgia, uh, who I don't think is really legitimate, but. You can see paths that make sense for Oklahoma. It just—it's going to be tough, and it really is. Well, you look at Georgia right now. You look at their schedule, what they've played, and you—you you brought Georgia up. How bad does that South Carolina loss look now? South Carolina losing to A&M by 24. They lose at home at night to Missouri, and then they lose to Kentucky last night. If you're Georgia, how much does that loss hurt you? Well, I mean, the East is kind of, is a mess, and everybody keeps saying that, but I mean a mess as in the quality of teams, not as in that it's, you know, they say, oh, it's a mess because it's anybody's game. I mean, you look at all of the teams in the East who have a shot, you know, all the ones who are 4-1, if you will, and they all have atrocious losses. I mean, you look at the South Carolina loss for Georgia, and you think, how, how could that have happened if they're a quality team? I mean, look at Missouri, or maybe there's something. Oh, they lost at home to Indiana. I mean, you just the, the East. You know, you're that team. They're not on the same quality, or even the same plane as some of the teams in the West. And I think that's what I think some people who just think the SEC has great quality all around don't understand the division that really is there for yeah. teams um, in that top half of the West. And the, the East is really just bottom feeders, quite honestly. Well, I read an article the other day that talked about the SEC was number one overall, but don't let that deceive you. And the SEC East, they said, really brought down the average that both both divisions in the Pac-12 would be stronger than the SEC East. So it's really bringing their number down right now. And uh, the Indiana loss, or Indiana loss Missouri had really hurt. But let me tell you the perception of of the SEC East. Florida, would you agree, is the best team in the East probably. I mean, they're undefeated. Uh, or no, they've lost one, but they haven't lost in the East yet. What do you think the point spread is for LSU traveling to the Swamp next Saturday? Just give me your an idea what you think the point spread would be. LSU four and a half, maybe? You think LSU's favored? I'm sorry, if I'm at Florida. No, LSU's favored one point. Oh, oh really? Yeah, in the swamp. Wow. Surprising a little bit, isn't it? I mean, I thought yeah. it would be about a three-point favorite Florida, but 
that shows you what the what the nation thinks of of the SEC East right now. And you have Missouri, Georgia playing this weekend. We're going to preview that game Wednesday night. Georgia, this is really an elimination game for them. Every game's an elimination game. If they lose on the road in Missouri, it's over for Georgia, Trey. Yeah, I mean, it's over for both these teams. I mean, it, this is an elimination game for, um, you know, for the the loser, if you will, of Missouri, Georgia, because it really doesn't matter with two losses in the East um, what happens nationally because you're out of it. Well, Missouri is undefeated in the SEC right now. Right, but they have two losses overall is what I'm saying. And so, yeah, yeah they can get to the championship game, but – they're one of those teams, even if they somehow made it with two losses, with a loss to Indiana, I don't see them getting into the committee. Yeah, it's going to be the East. There's not the only ranked team in the East. There's two: Missouri 23rd, Georgia 13. Looking at the new poll, Florida State's the number one team still. They're losing a lot of uh, points to Auburn's two points away at second. Mississippi State and Ole Miss Trey are tied for third. In the AP poll, looking at the coaches, Mississippi State six, Notre Dame five. I just can't put Notre Dame ahead of Mississippi State right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw I posted mine. My top five is this: I have Auburn one, uh, and I, I have them pretty pretty handily at one. I mean, I don't, I don't have votes in my own mind, but to me, it was a pretty clear choice. FSU is a shaky two. Um, they've played um, a tough schedule, but they haven't looked good doing it. Uh, you know, I just. I just I'm not confident with them, uh, and I've told you I think they're going to lose this year. So uh, they're my shaky number two. I have Mississippi State a shaky three, Tarvin, uh, because they beat a really bad LSU team, uh, and they beat I think an overranked Texas A&M team whose only quality win was against South Carolina, which doesn't tell you anything. Uh, so I don't know what to make of them. We'll we'll see this weekend when Auburn plays them. I have Notre Dame at four, and then Baylor at five, Tarvin. That's a that's a good poll, but you know what's funny? I look at Herb Street every week and how he's he's really got on his knees for Oklahoma. And then after Texas A&M beat South Carolina and Georgia beat Clemson, he's got A&M and Georgia one and two. And I mean, it's it's just funny the way Oklahoma loses and it just killed ESPN. Do you know how bad how much ESPN was pumping Oklahoma? What are they? Who are they going to pump now? I mean, they were all over Oklahoma. Well, now it'll be the Mississippi teams, and now it is the Mississippi teams. I think uh, ESPNU had four teams in their top four. Uh, all four of them lost. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, some of these guys have to do it just to, just to get, sort of get a rise out of focus. But some of them, I think, just have really no clue. Uh, and actually, there's another thing, man. You see in the AP, you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are both tied at third. And I think, you know, you can't really base what Mississippi's done this year on that one game because they haven't looked good the rest of the year. And so to jump them way up to where they are at three, I just think doesn't look at the whole picture a little bit. We'll have to see Ole Miss, and that's a great victory, Tarvin. But I- I'm not sold enough to, like, say they're better than some of the other teams right now. Yeah, if you're the coach's poll, how do you put Ole Miss ahead of Mississippi State? And like you said, Mississippi State over the season to me has looked better over five games. Ole Miss – looked good against Alabama. Or really, they didn't look good against Alabama. They looked good the last four minutes of the game against Alabama. <laughs> That's the, And that was partly due to Alabama giving them the game, fumbling the ball, um, the penalties. So it wasn't like Ole Miss went in and dominated Alabama. Alabama had that game until the last four minutes, and it just it all switched. 
But to have Notre Dame ahead of to have Notre Dame ahead of Mississippi State right now, come on, Notre Dame, they have no shot to beat Florida State. I'll say it right now on this show. And Mississippi, I have a problem. You keep tearing goalposts down, your coach crying at the end of the game, uh, and you you still have your whole SEC schedule left. That's why makes me scratch my head, Trey. Hugh Freeze yesterday broke down on camera. I mean, now they go to Texas A&M. That doesn't look good for Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, you got to wonder, even with A&M's problems, this is a super big trap game for them. I mean, you know, like I said, Ole Miss just played like a team or after that, or excuse me, after that game just seemed like a team who hadn't been there before. Where almost Mississippi State just seems focused. I mean, they lost, lost a lot of focus at the end of the LSU game. Uh, but you got to really look what they did this past week and, and think, wow, man, this team, they looked focused against A&M. And, and you got to think, this team might have it. Ole Miss, I just I don't see it. I, I, right now I just don't see that this is a team that's really good enough to get through it. I see this as a team we're going to hype for a week or two, and then that's going to be it. It could be bad news for the SEC because, I mean, you, you want Alabama. If you don't want Alabama to make the playoffs, you, you want them to lose later. And losing to Ole Miss, it's either going to make this team realize, we'll discuss this game in detail in a few minutes, we're going to make them realize we got to play and they're going to be good because I think Ole Miss is going to fall off the map quick. I, I still think Ole Miss is a three- or four-loss team. I'm sorry, you beat Alabama. I mean, that that's a, a great feat. I'm not taking it away, but there's still an entire season left to play. And, Trey, how many times have you seen an emotional win storming the field, tearing the goalpost down, the next week the team comes out on the road and lays an egg. Yeah, and just remember, Bo Wallace had to have the game of his life, and he kind of did. Um, can he do it focus-wise? And, you know, ESPN hyped Bo, oh, Bo Wallace. He's so focused. He didn't go out and party on Thursday night. That's how focused he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds pretty focused to me, Tarvin, but um, – you know, he's going to do it the rest of the way. They, they play Mississippi State. They have Tennessee. You know, they have Auburn. I mean, they have Arkansas. They have teams that are going to be hungry for them. Um, because now after they beat Alabama, it's them who has a target. And people are going to come with their best focused game. And we've seen, again, time and time again, we've seen teams not be able to hold that kind of focus under the spotlight. I, I just see Mississippi. I see Bo Wallace. And I just see this is a team ripe for that kind of upset. And, and I'm not going to take away anything from Mississippi State and Ole Miss, but they, I want to see, and I feel like this weekend coming up is going to be bad for the Mississippi State team and the Ole Miss team, and it's because it's okay you win a big game or two, but how do you respond? And with all, with with Mississippi State now, everybody telling them how great they are. Uh, college game day is going to be pulling in Tuesday, and it's just going to be one media circus. We know Auburn has played in big games. We haven't seen Mississippi State really play in a big game, a 12 o'clock noon game with all the focus was shifted off of them onto Ole Miss, Alabama. How is Ole Miss going to stand up to that kind of spotlight? That's the interesting thing. How's Ole Miss going to respond on the road to Texas A&M, a team that's getting back their best receiver that missed Saturday? Going to College Station is not easy, and that's why the SEC West is so good. I mean, it is unbelievable with the matchups that are going on. And, Trey, every week the poll's going to change. Next week Auburn could be out of the top ten. Mississippi State and Ole Miss could be out of the top ten. It's just going to fluctuate every week. Yeah, it is. And you have to think, Tarvin, I mean, right now 
I mean, as are we right now, and this doesn't mean a whole lot from the end of the season, but I think Auburn is playing on a different level than the other SEC West teams. Now, that could change. I mean, Mississippi State seems to be on a level that's near. They seem to be the closest, and Alabama's right there as well. Um, but we'll see, Tarvin. Let's, let's, if you want to get into the well, games, if I, if I get too far. Yeah, but I, w- I want to I touch on that real quick. Is you know, Auburn played a pretty good game last night. They made a lot of mistakes, but they played a team without a quarterback and with a lot of young players. And I don't want to put too much emphasis on that win last night because I just that's not the same LSU team I've seen year in and year out. I mean, it's just not. Auburn LSU is always. I don't care how good Auburn is. It's a three to seven point game if Auburn wins. To beat them forty one to seven shows me that that they just don't have it this season. So we look bad against Kansas State. We we haven't been sharp even on offense. We haven't been sharp yet. So I wouldn't put Auburn number one just yet, Trey. Now if they go into Mississippi State and win, then you can think about it. But there's still so much more left. But one game at a time. If Auburn's playing at that top level, like you said. They should have no problem making it through. doesn't mean they're going to dominate, but they have no problem making it through. Real quick, Trey, let's touch on our NFL games, and we're going to come back to college, and we'll get Sonia and Jason on to share some college football with us. I want to go ahead and get the NFL out of the way. And, by the way, I was 4-0 in the NFL. New England would be 5-0 if I hit that one. So you're 4-0 as well, yeah. right? Yep, the same pick as the New England. By the way, they're up 7 after they just picked off uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, just like I told Ben, everybody, everybody, the ship was sinking in New England, and we'll, we'll see it by the end of the night when there's no undefeated teams left in the NFL, uh, what, what ship is right. But talking the Bears-Panthers was a crazy game. Uh, the Bears were just dominated the game until the very end, and it completely fell apart, fumbling the ball in that forte when they were trying to run the clock out. Before that, they were going to pass. Offensively, the – just a, a, a mix-up of what they should be doing uh, near the end of the game with a substantial lead, and the Panthers were able to get back in the game and win it. Yeah, Carolina down 21-7. to They needed that win because had they lost that game, not a good thing. But let's talk about the Bears a minute. I mean, a team that's just up and down. They they go to San Francisco, I believe. Or was it? Where did they go? To San Francisco and win a couple weeks ago, and then they get – trounced at home by Green Bay, and then they lose to Carolina. What do you make of this Bears team? That's the question. Where are the Bears going to end up? Well, I mean, who knows? It seems to be a week-by-week thing, and then maybe next week they'll look good. But, yeah, I think they were coming off a longer week. They played on Thursday the week before, um, and then they had, I think, the the extra day. So um, just they came out focused, and the fourth quarter was just a debacle for the Bears. Yeah, the Panthers now 3-2. and two. It looks a lot better. I still don't have a lot of faith in this team if they can get it done. We'll see. The number four game, the surprising now, 4-1 and one Dallas Cowboys. They take care of business. They they choke a lead, Trey, and then they win it in overtime. Is Murray, man, is he the best running back in the NFL right now? Well, I'm not really, really ready to crown him that, given his injuries, but we're finally starting to see – another complete type of season. They've been rare for Murray, and maybe maybe that's been the key the whole time is the offensive balance because they've been running the football more than they've been throwing. Romo looks pretty good today other than one pick. I had over 300 yards passing. Uh, I was pretty bad benching him on my fantasy team, uh, but they got it done at home, and what I was considering a pretty big trap game, Tarvin, uh, Brian Fitzpatrick is really not the answer for the Texans. They really, really, really need a quarterback. 
Yeah, the Colts and the Ravens, not too eventful. And, again, I want to talk college tonight a lot. The Colts and Ravens, you know, anything you want to add on that game, the Colts take care of business at home. Not a great game to watch, really. No, no, not at all. And and this was, you know, a sloppy game, a lot of turnovers, miscues. The Colts got it done. The Ravens had their shot. This was just one of those games that you get in the NFL when, the, you know, two teams sort of stumble into each other. Uh, neither team looked focused, but the Colts got the win. Well, congratulations today for Peyton Manning hitting his fifth 500th touchdown pass, and I think he threw a couple more to make it 502. They take care of business at home against the undefeated Cardinals. Trey, no surprise here. Denver's just in another class right now. Arizona was 3-0, and but we know that's not going to hold up. Well, I mean, Arizona looked pretty good until Drew Stanton got hurt. And then, you know, probably one of the worst draft picks this past year out of Virginia Tech, rookie quarterback comes in and just, what, I think it was like one of eight or one of nine, just looked terrible. Uh, and, and the Broncos just trounced from there. So Cardinals went down to their third-string quarterback. And, and in the NFL, you just, there's no way you're going to win against any kind of opponent on a weekly basis with a third-string quarterback, and especially a rookie. Uh, so Denver Denver counts as we thought they would. Well, the Bengals tonight and the Patriots are on. Patriots up 7 nothing. The Cardinals or the uh, Bengals just missed a 52-yard field goal. The set-up good field position for Tom Brady. Must win for the Patriots, Trey. I mean, I know it's just 2-1, and one, but I'm feeling this game is, is huge. I still don't know if they're in a must-win situation because the East schedule doesn't even open up until week six. So I'm not calling the panic button even if they lose to a very good Bengals team tonight because that only puts them at two and two, Tarvin. So not a must-win. Okay, well, the NFL, anything you want to throw into the NFL today that happened? I mean, I know there's some decent games. The Falcons lost a game on the road to the Giants, and all of a sudden, Trey, the Giants are playing good football right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. It kind of surprised me a, a little bit. I mean, the Falcons struggle so so mightily on the road, but I do want to set off one thing, Tarvin, in baseball. I think when you get when you get a chance. Go ahead. Yeah, the the, the Baltimore Orioles swept the Detroit Tigers, who put together that vaunted rotation. Two-time MVP Miguel Cabrera and the Baltimore Orioles beat the last three Cy Young winners to sweep the Detroit Tigers in the ALCS. Pretty incredible for Baltimore, man. I was you don't you don't do that very often in history and we'll look back and think that was pretty incredible. Yeah, that was I mean, you know, it's all about like Big E said the other night, is is who's hot at the right time and, and right now Detroit's just just not hot. The pitching's not good. And it's just baseball so long of a season it's hard to gauge who's gonna be playoff ready and, and who's not. But again, Baseball's crazy. Any other updates in baseball? I haven't paid a lot of attention to it. I think the Giants, are they up two to nothing right now? Uh, that series is, I think it's tied at 1-1, one one, I think. Okay. But I could be wrong. Well, it's kind of hard to watch baseball when you have all this amazing football on right now. And I, I'm interested to see the ratings of the playoffs in baseball. I guarantee you, it's, I, I think, Swamp people will get more people than uh, than the Major League Baseball playoffs, Trey. Honey, honey boo-boo. Uh, honey boo-boo will get more ratings <laughs> than Major League Baseball right now. 
don't know about that, but uh, the Kansas City Royals are up five to one on the Angels. A sweep here would mean the Royals and Orioles are in the ALCS, which is which was crazy if you're a Kansas City fan and Baltimore are two teams that don't get there very often, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, we'll see about baseball. We'll we'll do a better job on baseball out there if you're listening and you want to cuss us out right now. But with all this football going on, my God, it was just unbelievable trade. Thursday night, our 10th game right now, Arizona, 4-0, and went on the road to Eugene, Oregon. And we talked about Oregon struggling on the offensive line. Wasn't a team that was that we really believed in right now. They lose at home to Arizona, and and I need to ask you: Is Arizona truly a top ten team right now? They're the only undefeated team left in the miserable Pac-12. And I'm sorry out there, people have overhyped the big or the Pac-12 all year long, and this conference is not good. And Arizona beating Oregon was the worst thing that could happen trade for the Pac-12, but I'm not ready to put Rich Rod, Coach of the Year, in Arizona Pac-12 champions just yet. Well, I mean, the Pac-12 is a solid conference. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. When people have, you know, parity in the Pac-12, it's because they suck. When parity in the SEC, it's because it's it's a deep conference. I think the Pac-12... No, the parity parity in the SEC trade is there's top ten teams playing each other. When you have an unranked team beating your top prize possession at home, that would be like Alabama losing to Vanderbilt at home. I mean, it, it doesn't happen. Well, I mean, I don't think Vanderbilt would be the the uh, the metaphor there. But no, I, I see your point, and it's a valid point. I mean, I think, but I, I still think the Pac-12 is the solid number two conference overall. Um, but you're right. This is a terrible thing for the for the Pac-12. It looks awful on their you know, when their number one team goes down to an unranked opponent. Now, Arizona was undefeated going into this, and I think a lot of this comes down to most people don't watch these games. I mean, Arizona is in. So, I mean, other than some of the games that you and I saw, I didn't think they looked that good. Um, So it kind of surprised me because Arizona wasn't a team that was playing at a real high notch. They seemed to got real lucky very often. So this one shocked me a little bit, and I think Oregon's offensive line woes uh, are much worse than we thought they were. Yeah, hold on just a second. We're going to bring – I'm trying to get Sonia on. We're having some studio issues. Sonia, I'll get you in just a second. I want her opinion. I think she'll be on in just a second. My studio is freezing up on me, and it's driving me crazy. And I want to ask Sonia while she's listening, and this is coming up. Sonia, you see – what I say about the Pac-12, and I don't, I haven't talked to you about this, but the Pac-12, the way they're losing, it can't, even though it's in, in interconference, really, it can't be good for them. No, it's not. Not at all. It's, first, first of all, it's, it's, hey Trey, how are you? Hey, what's up? Hey, no, it's not, um, Tarvin. And what really? Before we talk about anything, I think what people really need to realize is. Three things. It might end up being two, but three things, really. Number one, all of these polls that everybody's paying so much attention to do not matter. They do not matter at all. The only poll that you should be thinking about, caring, concerned about, is the one that the playoff committee releases on October 27th. These right now are just fun and games. It's just what if. You know what I mean? Um, And that's number one. Number two, you cannot judge a team off one win or one loss, all right? That's that's number two. We just need to get, get out of this uh, 
this team won, this team lost, and all of a sudden they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. No. The key word when you talk about elite teams is consistency. So if I don't see consistency, I'm not going to all of a sudden, just because you, you knocked off two teams, you know, think that you're up there. Mississippi State is an exception, and we'll talk about that later. The last thing people need to realize is there is so much football left to be played. There are injuries that are going to happen. There's attrition that's going to happen. There's, you know, upsets, all of that stuff. So to sit here and, and guess who's going to be in the Final Four, who's going to be doing this, it's just a waste of time. It's really a waste of time. You need to be looking at what your team is doing now because as of now, every single game counts. And the Pac-12, the SEC, every conference is realizing that. And it's too stressful to sit here and – and think about it all the time. Like you said, there's seven weeks left in the season at least. And my God, how many times have have we have we talked about early October and been accurate of what happened once it's all said and done at the end? There's a lot of upsets left to be uh, taking place in college football. Oh yeah, there's and then what? There's another thing too. When you look at Okay, everybody was so upset with BCS because the SEC was dominating the BCS. So here we come with these playoffs. Okay, we all talked about this. I'm so glad you archive your shows because we can go back and show that we said this on this date. When we talked about the playoff committee and, and they made the announcement, we all read about it, we said people are going to be very, very surprised at what's going to happen. And what is happening right now is that now every every team, no matter who they are, what conference they're in, has a shot to catch the, the playoff committee's eye. They are bringing their best every Saturday. So you're not going to see, you know, well, these are just the only games to watch in the top ten games. No, you need to watch every game because the playoff committee is. And they also need to realize that we won't know what their criteria is or, where, you know, what they're looking at until they release at at least two, three polls at the least, at the least, at the um, at the very least, and we see what their pattern is, and see all of that is coming up, and that's what I'm, I'm totally with you guys. Everybody needs to calm down and and stop being concerned about where your team is ranked right now in a poll that does not matter. The only only thing I'd be concerned with Trey, and and like I said earlier, when you're a team like Oklahoma. And you can't lose a game. You can't afford to lose not having a conference championship, not having a, a top-tier conference in my mind. Those are the teams right now, if you're a fan of, you have to be worried about. Well, I mean, I think Oklahoma, and it's not as if Oklahoma is just because of Oklahoma. It's because the fact, and they're in a decent shot, sort of, and I know the polls really don't matter, but it's sort of a ranking shot to catch the eye of people. But the problem with Oklahoma is, is they don't they didn't play anybody out of conference who had us be enamored with the game, and then the second is they don't have that last game that everybody else has to sort of make their statement that that conference title game. Yep. And I think that's going to hurt them, even if they went out because they are not going to have that to showcase themselves. Now I want to piggyback on a couple things that Sonia said. If you followed some of the college football committee folks on Twitter you'd realize that they are watching games that, that a lot of people in the AP writers poll and certainly no coaches are watching. For instance, on Saturday night, one of the pollsters, not the pollster, but the committee members, was tweeting about the Washington State game. 
the game that where the, where the quarterback broke the NCAA record for passing yards in a game. So he was watching that game, Tarkin. So that should tell you something. They are watching more games than most people are. And so, you know, they're staying up late to watch these games. They're investing that time. Why is why are they why are they watching Washington State a team and here's what I'm saying a team that has no shot to get in the playoff really why are they watching wasting time watching that game when they could be watching Michigan State Nebraska Auburn LSU teams like UCLA Utah why are they watching Washington well, State well that game was on after most of those games Tarvin would be one but two uh, the only other game on was UCLA Utah and they were probably flicking back and forth like most of us were doing. So the point is, and I think you missed it there, is the fact that these guys are watching games that, that you don't think matter, but they matter for strength of schedule. They matter matter for when that team plays. I mean, Cal, I think, has got one loss on the record. So you never know when they play, you know, Oregon or whoever it is, what the committee has already looked at the body of work that most people have. Yeah, that's a good point, and... Uh, the next game we won't talk about NC State and Clemson. I have no idea how Clemson's ranked right now. They're three and two. Don't see that one, Trey. How's Clemson a ranked ball team right now? Well, I mean, they're a good ball team with Deshaun Watson. Uh, they're a very good team with him. He was the missing piece that they were really ha- didn't have, and, and they went out and, and destroyed NC State, forty-one to nothing. You're going to see them start to put up some, some numbers on folks because NC State was a pretty quality team, and guess what? Clemson is – they have a lot of pieces there, Tarvin, and they needed, they needed something to bring them together. And that phenom quarterback, um, he may be the best in that class. And, Sonia, stay with us if you don't mind. I'll bring you back on in just a few moments. The next game, Baylor at Texas. You know, Trey, Texas fought hard in this game, and, and I respect that. They're at home. They do have some pride. That's a good thing you look at when you see Strong kick off the entire team. They didn't hang with Baylor, but that was a respectable loss yesterday. Do you agree? Yeah, and, you know, I think Baylor played – what we're seeing is Texas is playing tough. Sorry, and so, you know, they're going to lose a lot of football games this year. Uh, but so did Butch Jones at Tennessee their first year. I think Charlie Strong at least is having this guy fighting for him. Uh, if they fight this way the whole year, Tarvin, that's going to matter a whole lot for next year. Yeah. Speaking of Butch Jones, the Tennessee Volunteers had a chance yesterday to to get themselves closer to bowl eligibility, to 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 get over the hump, and they lost their tenth game in a row to Florida. Florida comes in. If you're going to beat Florida, Saturday was the time, and I just don't get it. And I want to ask Sonia about this one. You know, I was I thought Tennessee would win. I thought they would make a statement in this game, but yet they kicked three field goals, and they just can't get over the hump. I mean, what is it with Tennessee? I've hyped them. I've tried to to push them along, but losing to Florida really could set this program back just a little bit. Well, I mean, this was – I mean, we talked about this in the preview show. I said, hey, I think Florida's going to win the team if Trey on Harris comes in the second half. That's what happened. I was really surprised that Tennessee didn't have sort of a good lead to make Trayon Harris sort of lead him back to more. What I really saw was a really sloppy game, one of the more sloppy I've seen in recent memory from Tennessee, uh, playing a sort of mediocre Florida team. They didn't look real focused in this game, and I would imagine they're going to be a lot of, a lot of shouting, a lot of running in this next week. Well, I mean, I'm I'm all about Butch Jones in Tennessee, and, and when you play – 
uh, 25 freshmen. It's going to be, and, I, and, you know, we had a discussion about this on our Facebook page, people making fun of Tennessee and everything. But, Trey, it's, it's hard to get over that hump sometimes. And in order to win, you have to learn how to win close games. And I think once Tennessee figures it out, they mature. That comes with maturity. Once they realize how to win a close football game, I think that's when we can start considering them back. I think Tennessee is going to be hell on teams in the next few years. But right now, that loss really hurt Tennessee. Well, I mean, this this is a year where he, Butch Jones has been building something, Tarvin. But if they don't continue to improve a little bit this year, and I think a bowl is very important for them for recruiting-wise because recruits can buy into a program that's changing, Tarvin. But if they don't see anything this year and Tennessee takes a step back or, or stays sort of lukewarm, I think recruiting-wise is going to hurt them. I'm trying to pull up their schedule right now just to see, but Kentucky, you know, you look at Kentucky on their schedule, we thought that would be a win. Not necessarily now. Kentucky is playing good football. I mean, they're going to get better as the year goes on. Vanderbilt is a, is a probably a win for Tennessee, but looking at Tennessee's schedule, they've won two games so far. Do you see four more on that schedule without them showing significant improvement during the season? Uh, you know, it, it, the way I saw them play Florida does not have me very confident that they're going to be bowl eligible by the end of the year. Sorry, I'm pulling up the schedule now. Uh, and while, while we're, you know, thinking about this, Tarvin, you have Tennessee, Chattanooga, well, that's a win, that's three. At three. Mississippi, Bama, at South Carolina, that's a possible. UK, Mizzou, and at Vandy. So I look at two solid wins in that schedule, and that's something going to be fighting. So yeah, I see. I see Vanderbilt is a is a given. I mean, to me, but going to South Carolina is still a road game, and winning on the road in the SEC is not easy. We saw South Carolina last night. We saw Alabama. We saw A and M lose. I mean, going on the road, you're vulnerable. And to me, to win on the road, you have to have a, a mentally tough team, some experience there. Could it just be next year? We have to wait this year, and Tennessee has to go through the the lumps of getting experience for these freshmen because I just – I'm very concerned that I really thought they would make a bowl. They had Georgia beat. They should have beaten Florida. They should be four-win team right now with some momentum, but I think they've taken a big step back in that game yesterday. The offensive line is, is not good. Yeah, and, you know, the thing about the freshmen are playing now is unless you get a recruiting class behind it to build depth and to add on – it doesn't help you, uh, and so this is a uh, this is a big year. They got I think they got to make a bowl to show their recruits that everything they're saying is they're building because a lot of recruits are going to visit Tennessee, uh, but they're going to wait and see. A lot of these guys aren't going to aren't going to commit. There's going to be signing day commitment, and they're in the running right now, Tarvin. They need something to hold their hand. Yeah. Yep, Sonia. Sonia, real quick on Tennessee before we move on. What are your thoughts? I mean, I'm I'm not impressed with what I saw yesterday. I think uh, it's just it's a case of <clears throat> excuse me expecting too much too soon. Um, he Tennessee is moving in the right direction, and just like their fans, everybody else needs to realize you got to be patient. Things are not going to happen overnight. Was I impressed with them yesterday? No, but I also understand what they're trying to do. They're going to slip and fall, but I think it's it, it would be the same as a putting all that pressure on Charlie Strong to expect anything significant in the first two years. 
Year three is the year. Yeah, it's like you know, you know how three. fans are. You know how fans are. They they want it now. They want a championship now, but it just can't happen like that all the time. Too bad. It's just one of those things. You look at it takes time. Like you know, when Auburn went three and nine. They had the talent on the field. It was mainly coaching was the problem. They came back and played good. Well, Tennessee didn't have that luxury. Uh, Dooley left the cupboard very bare. For uh, And I'm getting an echo off someone's phone, but we all check it real quick. But Dooley left the cupboard, you know, empty for them, Sonia. I mean, he's having to rebuild this team from scratch and getting a lot of freshmen some playing time. I don't want to spend all night on Tennessee, but, you know, I've hyped him a little bit this year. But yesterday really surprised me that they played that bad. It's just one okay. of those where you just got. Oh, I'm Time. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of a lot of background noise to, from Trey or your phone. I can't or mine. I'm trying to figure it out which now, which one it is. But we're gonna move off of Tennessee. Uh, Paul Ewing may cry if uh, if I if I stay on Tennessee too long. But really, you think I care about what people think? But Trey, that takes us to the number six game, Oklahoma at TCU. Give me your thoughts on that one. Well, I mean, it just kind of, uh, just kind of, uh, really sort of puts to the point that Oklahoma was not what we said they were. I mean, we we, we go in, we went into this season going, wow, Oklahoma's really ranked uh, a lot of expectations. Everybody was all over the bandwagon. They were sort of number one in almost every single ESPN top four, um, and they really didn't do anything to deserve it this year. It was all based on the win over Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. And when you do that, the problem is, is every team that you face in the Big Twelve sort of knows that too and they're out they're out to win and you know TCU's have played them very very closely uh, a lot of years and the, Gary Patterson had his team ready yeah I'm, I'm sorry to say it to everybody out there Oklahoma your 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 ranking all your hype came from beating an Alabama team that didn't want to be there in the Sugar Bowl and I don't care what you say that's exactly what it was and the reason I'm telling you this I've said it every week and now I'm, I can prove it for sure. I had to wait until till this happened so I can tell all the Oklahoma Sooner fans out there, your team's pretty good, don't, don't get me wrong, but if you're an elite team, you do not go to TCU and lay an egg and give up about 40 points. I'm sorry. In order to be a good football team, Trey, you have to be able to hold people sometimes. That Oklahoma team couldn't stop anybody. And looking at them, they're, they're, all their hype came from – ESPN when they beat Alabama. I'm sorry, but Oklahoma is a two or three loss team this year. Yeah, sorry. And, uh, I'll unmute there. Hold on a second, buddy. I'm going to go off. Yeah, go off a minute. Um, Sonia, I mean, Oklahoma, do you agree with the hype they received all through the, the, the postseason and the preseason now up till now? It's all because they beat Alabama. Uh, I think it has a major part to do with it. I don't think it's all because because they did show up. You know, they they had a pretty good season, but I think a lot of it. I think a lot of people right now are very much overhyped. I, I hate the word overrated and exposed because it's not that. It's basically this team that is usually prepared and usually executes well did not. And the team that beat them did. That's all it is. That's all football is. Who executed better? And you know what? I'll be honest. And I've, how many times have I said this statement? 
on our show since the season started. I don't feel confident about any team out there right now to say that, hey, this is the champion. There's no doubt about it. I could name a top five, and I could argue that my top five is correct, or I could argue against yours. It's just all a bunch of propaganda right now. I mean, everybody looks vulnerable to me. They all do, and this is this is part of what everybody wanted with college football playoffs. Like I said earlier, what people need to realize, these teams know that they finally have a shot. So that's why you see the Kentuckys all of a sudden, you know, Kentucky's the new Vanderbilt with James Franklin. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of teams bring in their best again because they want to get the attention of the playoff committee. And right now – Nobody really knows what their criteria is. And I think a lot of teams that you see struggling right now, it's because either they're like Tennessee, they have, you know, they're in that rebuilding stage like Texas, Tennessee, or they're trying to do way too much. You know, instead of just focusing on playing, they're trying to win and they're trying to win, you know, try to get style points and all of that. No, just go out there and play the game. Well, I just kind of wish Bob Stoops, if he worried about his own team and conference more than he did the SEC conference, and maybe, just maybe, you know, he could he could win a game in his own conference and quit worrying about what the SEC is doing. And uh, we'll move off Oklahoma since I've wasted enough time on them. Number five game, Nebraska went to Michigan State. And, and guys, that game was ugly, Trey. I, I don't know. It, Michigan State dominated it. Nebraska made a push at the end, but I think that run they had at the end had more with Michigan State kind of taking the foot off the gas. And what do you think about Nebraska right now? Well, I mean, we knew they were in trouble. Michigan State really dominated this game. In the fourth quarter, uh, Michigan State was playing basically with what you shouldn't do in the fourth quarter um, is they really took their foot off the gas. They really went into almost, you know, four corners type of, you know, offense and, and, and defense. They were playing, you know, prevent. I mean, you just – this is not what you – got to put your sort of – your foot on, some, on the throat of the other team and go ahead and finish them. And, and what I did, saw at Michigan State was a really great three quarters and then not a good finishing quarter in the fourth quarter. They still look pretty good doing it. Um, but, Tarpon, you want to see that kind of instinct to go ahead and put them away when you're playing, you know, a team that you've struggled again with in the last two years. Nebraska has mm-hmm. struggled – uh, Michigan State has struggled with Nebraska, so they finally put it together, but I wanted to see them finish it off. And I'm not big on style points, but when you're a team that's trying to fight your way back, you want to leave no doubt when you have a chance to leave no doubt. And I think Michigan State hurt themselves a little bit because a lot of people look at the score of a game sometimes and they don't really watch it. If you watch that game, you realize Nebraska, Michigan State controlled it for the most part, but you have to finish it off. Number four game, LSU went into Auburn a night game trade, 41-7. to I think the, the score surprised some people, but LSU's got a long way to go. But Nick Marshall looked a lot better throwing the ball last night against a very pass, you know, a good pass defense in LSU. Nick Marshall threw for about 270, I think, and Auburn ran for 300. It was a good offensive performance. Yeah, I think Auburn did what I thought they were going to do in this game. I still think starting Harris is the correct move for LSU. He looked pretty uh, deer in headlights most of that game. They put Jennings back in, who looked better. Maybe they should have started Jennings and let Harris come in in the second half. But I still think Harris is the right move for them going forward. He'll get some games where where he's going to look pretty sensational. But he's their quarterback of the future. Jennings is not going to win them a whole lot of games. Um, 
so I mean, good move from them overall, but they still don't. This is next year is their year to really compete. LSU is going to lose a lot more games, man. This is this is a team that's pretty thin. So you don't think they can get better as the season goes on and actually upset a couple of teams and and hurt their chances, or do you think it'll be next year? Well, they, they don't have a shot at the playoff. I'll tell you that. Can they upset someone? If you're using ESPN terms for upset, sure. Um, you know, they may upset a team who's, you know, ranked, you know, maybe a, maybe a uh, an East team or something. But I just don't see this team being very much, very competitive against the very good teams in the West. It's going to be tough, but they have to get better every week. And it starts next week on the road at the Swamp. LSU wins that game. If they do, they, they have a lot of momentum. Right now, they – you know, they've beaten up on New Mexico states of the world, but when they played Mississippi State and Auburn, they got exposed. But honestly, I think they got exposed against Wisconsin. Wisconsin didn't have the talent to be able to com- to compete four quarters with them, but they exposed LSU, in my opinion. And the number three game, Stanford at Notre Dame, you got to give Notre Dame some credit in this game for, for winning that game at home, fourth down making some conversions, that touchdown at the end of the game. Stanford's a very good defensive team, Trey. Notre Dame, are they, do they deserve that ranking? Why not? I mean, they're 5-0 and right now, and they're looking pretty sharp. Yeah, I mean, Golson did what he had to do. This was a game that you and I had as a complete toss-up going in. So I, I was impressed that Notre Dame was able to sort of play as well as they did against a very quality Stanford team. Um, certainly this is a Notre Dame team. We don't know what to make of them. Right now I have them in my top four just because, well, that's just kind of the, the where we are in college football. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. But I will tell you, Tarvin, this is going to make a very interesting week in two weeks when they go to Florida State. Yeah, I just don't think they have the horses. And I think Florida State's on the bye week this week, if I'm if I'm correct, Trey. Am I, am I correct? They play Syracuse, which should be a bye week. Okay, well, okay, well, it'll be interesting. Notre Dame, I'm sure game day will be in Tallahassee that weekend unless something happens. The next game, A&M went on the road, got exposed at Mississippi State. This kid, Prescott, just, I mean, he was the, the best athlete on that field. I'm sorry. He, he controlled that game. And that story about his mom on college game day yesterday, maybe this team, and I give Jesse Palmer some credit, last year in the Egg Bowl, he said this Prescott kid was going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate and and Mississippi State was going to be a dark horse for the playoffs. So far, Jesse Palmer looks like a, a genius, but it's only five, six weeks in. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, you, I said well, I had to beat somebody. Well, when they beat somebody, um, you know, in, in LSU, and I know LSU is a down team this year, but still it was a win, the kind of win that we hadn't seen from a Mississippi State team, and and so I had some confidence going into this A and M game that they were going to look pretty good and and look pretty good winning while I did it. So, uh, but here's the crazy thing, and so this shows you the roller coaster of ESPN's emotions. Do you know who they have as their number one Heisman favorite right now, and all and all their college football expert opinions right now? Dak Prescott. Yeah, Prescott. Yeah, I mean, Prescott. come on, it's you know just that kind of <laughs> that kind of reactionaryism just makes me think that. They're not watching enough of it, but uh, so yeah, Mississippi State. Gurley's the Gurley's the best player in the country right now. It's not even close. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but it's funny how they jump on the the bandwagon of certain teams, and we have Sonia with us. 
you know, in a minute we're going to talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide. I want to bring her on. But Mississippi State, to me, their test, okay, they beat LSU on the road, Trey. Great win. Um, they come back and they dominate Texas A&M. Can Mississippi State three top ten teams in a row? That's a question for you. If they can, and I know LSU is not a top ten team anymore, but they were top ten when they beat them. Texas A&M was number six. Now Auburn's number two, Trey. Can Mississippi State win three in a row? Well, it's going to be hard. But, you know, here's the thing. Mississippi State, when when they won that game, um, they didn't react like a team who wasn't prepared for that spotlight. Uh, they, They won that game, and they reacted to that game like a team who was sort of on a mission. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win at all. That's certainly a better way to win and a better reaction than, say, what we saw at Ole Miss. So, I look at them, and I see a different team. Now, I still think I'm going to pick them to beat Auburn next week. I won't give away that just yet. But I think that it would – they're going to play, I think, better than some people will give them credit for. Yeah, and I think you made a great point. I'm sure Sonia is going to touch on this in a minute. Texas, Mississippi State beats number six. Handily, they walk off the field. They they didn't tear goalposts down. They didn't burn any cars. They didn't rape any women. You know, they just went back into the locker room and took it. They do look like a team on a mission. And and I've said it a couple times. They look like the 2010 Auburn team that started out the team unranked, and all of a sudden here they come with a quarterback and they they build momentum each and every week. So it's scary knowing that Auburn has to go to Starkville next week. Good news is it's a day game, but this team, they get past Auburn. I know they have visits to Tuscaloosa they have to do. They still have to play LSU, which that doesn't look crazy. The Egg Bowl at the end of the season, Trey, could be huge for for Mississippi State. But if they beat Auburn right here, their schedule looks a lot more favorable. And remember, they can lose a game to Alabama or something and still be in good shape to make a playoff run. Yeah, I mean, obviously beating Auburn, who I think is the best team in the country right now, will matter quite greatly. I mean, you beat them, I think they probably rotate into my number one, and it's just the way it's going to work. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, they still have a lot of issues. I mean, Brandon Harris ate them up in the fourth quarter against LSU. Um, There was something there, whether they got lazy uh, or whether or not they're very susceptible to the pass. Um, Yeah, we'll see. Kenny Hill found some space in the fourth quarter as well. So, you know, I think Mississippi State's got a fourth quarter issue, and we'll see just how much that is when it comes to Auburn, which probably will be a four-quarter game. And remember, A&M was missing their top receiver, and I know people don't look at that sometimes, but it's huge with a young quarterback on the road to not have his favorite target with him. And uh, we'll bring on – Miss Alabama herself wants my studio acts right. I've had so much problems, so many problems tonight. So, Sonia, if it takes you just a second to come on, just let me keep talking and bear with me. I'll let you know when you're on. But right now, I'm still trying my my hardest to get you in. There you are, Sonia. Hello. Hello. I'm sorry I'm having so much trouble tonight, but, hey, it's Sunday. There you go. Well, what do you think about the game? I know, I know you're not very happy with the loss, but give us your your analysis on this game. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, no, I'm not happy about the loss, but you know, it's 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 football. It is what it is. Um, I I have to give props to Ole Miss. They they were ready. You know, they took advantage of all the mistakes that that Alabama made. They uh, their defense. You know, they were there. 
So Ole Miss definitely, definitely, definitely going to give you problems. Um, with Bama, it was not the team that I'm used to seeing. You know, there were too many definitely unnecessary penalties and um, just too many missed opportunities, the missed field goals, the points left on the field. It was not the Bama that, that we've seen, but it'll it's a lesson. You know, you back up, fix it, and move forward. So I'm looking forward to the next game. But I will, I do want to say this to touch on what you were saying about the fans. To the Mississippi, the Ole Miss fans who were fans before 3.30 p.m. yesterday, Eastern Standard Time, props to you guys. Especially with, you know, the, the acknowledgement and the support of Kenyon Drake. And that just, that hurt. I think that hurt everybody who saw that. Just, just knowing how hard he had worked and just, that just really, really hurt. But, you know, we're sending out prayers for him. He's built by Bama, so he'll be okay. Um, definitely want to give props to those fans. To the ones who became fans around 6 p.m. last night, <laughs> the reason that we know you're not true Mississippi fans and you're only bandwagon fans, because if you were a fan like that, you would act like you've been there before. And it's not like Mississippi has not been there before. With the Mannings, we get that legacy there. And to Bama fans, I would say, don't criticize, don't don't talk out of both sides of your of your mouth. Blake Sims is a Bama quarterback. He's got better numbers than AJ. He's got better numbers than GMAC. So don't sit here, talk about him on Facebook as if he is the problem, or you know you're, you're not showing him your support. AJ lost games, and and so did GMAC. You get you spoke a different tune then. So some Bama fans need to get you know get off their high horses too. But it was a great game. Totally enjoyed it, and it's just I looked at it from two two different views. One as a Bama fan, hating that we lost, but then as a college football fan, excited because every if if you watch if you watch football on Saturday, you were like a kid in a candy store. It was so many great games on. We were just flipping back and forth, and you just never knew. I mean, you've got Kentucky and South Carolina, all these things that's going on. That was exciting to see. Yeah, there was a lot of great games yesterday, and I, I did I did kind of peek on some Alabama chat rooms and, and see what the word is. And, Sonia, how many fans do you think are out there saying Nick Saban should be fired because he lost to Ole Miss? Do you believe that? Oh God, no! That's so stupid. Those aren't yeah, fans. Where, <laughs> but I, but I, I want to talk about overreacting because I did hear a lot of Bama fans. You know, after the Florida game, they anointed they were so happy Lane Kiffin, how unstoppable they were, and then you turn around and you get humbled a little bit. Those those fans are the fans that don't really understand football and how it changes every week. Nobody's unstoppable, and if you start That's believing right. that. And I think Alabama did. They they got up in that game and they they made some uncharacteristic mistakes on the road. You cannot turn the ball over on the road. You can't get penalties. You can't miss miss field goals. And I think that's a valuable lesson that Saban's going to take with him. You know, the last three ranked opponents they faced, they lost. So Saban maybe could get their attention now. Oh, definitely. And um, it's it's just really sad to see some of those hypocritical Bama fans, the ones that that think that we, you know, our blank doesn't stink 
You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh-huh. come on. The game. It's win or lose. You support your team 24-7. You survived the shoe year, the year. You survived, you know, all the other stuff that was going on. So don't sit here and all of a sudden act like the man that you just called a saint two hours ago you know, now needs to pack his bag. Come on, really? So there was overreaction on both sides. And that's, that's and those yeah. people, that, those ones that this is directed towards. Exactly. Trey Patterson, you know, the Alabama Ole Miss game, I'm sure you watched that game. Give us your thoughts on it. We haven't heard from you yet. Well, I mean, first off, uh, impressed by the way that Bull Wallace actually put it together. And also impressed by the fact that Blake Sims, near the end of that game, drove him down the field and, and put a pass in the end zone. It actually was pretty well thrown. Ended up being picked off, um, but I was, I was impressed with Blake Sims, and I think I tweeted out, "Hey, your time, your spotlight time is now." And I was impressed by the way that he drove him down the field. So Alabama is still very much alive in the college football playoff, um, but this is just one of those moments that you know they are 0 and 3 against their last, as you said, ranked opponent. And that's a problem over the last two years. You go back pretty far back uh, for a Nick Saban team; they beat a top 10 team. So. You know, they got some work to do. Yeah, but that's good. You find out in October before it's too late. So how do they respond, Trey, going to Arkansas this weekend? Arkansas had the bye week. Arkansas played A&M tough. Is Arkansas ready to step up to a stage like this? We, You know, they choked away in, in A&M. How is Alabama going to respond going to Fayetteville? Well, I, mean, I still don't think Brandon Allen's ready to um, – really play a big game like that. I think that's really the problem for Alabama, uh, excuse me, for Arkansas. So I think Alabama will probably be fine um, because Brendan Allen is a young quarterback who has who's yet to put it really together. Um, and I think the secondary is just too good. Yeah, and Sonya, the, uh, the Michigan Wolverines go down again this week. That game wasn't on our list. I mean, Brady Hope. Is he going to continue the season? I mean, the AD seems like he supports Brady Hope, but now you lose to Maryland. Or was it Rutgers? Excuse me, Rutgers. Rutgers. I think he's going to keep him until the end of the season, but come on, man. <laughs> Michigan is just ridiculous. And now, I don't know if you saw that um, the story that I posted earlier about Harbaugh, the supposed rumor that, that San Francisco is not going to keep him around, so cue the Harbaugh to um, – UN rumors now. I mean, it's just, it's Jason's here. He's. I'm gonna let him give the Big Ten view. Tarvin, I needed Michigan to win. Damn it. I'm sorry, man. I need them to beat Rutgers. Man, that's, that's just pathetic. I mean, it would have done me more favors if they would have won. How many passing yards? Was it over 400 that Michigan gave up? Yeah, I mean, two Rutgers. They're a bad team. It reminds me of what we used to be. <laughs> so, hey, everyone goes through it, Darwin. You know, I, you know, hope yeah. you can't you can't fire them during the season. That'd be the worst thing they could do. And I really don't think they'll fire them at the end of the year. They'll give them another year. Well, Trey, Trey, do you think they're going to give Brady Hoke another year? No, I stand by my prediction last week. He's gone by Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Trick or treat, Brady Hoke's at your door. But yeah. I think you have to win. I think sometimes 
you have to get rid of a coach in the middle of the season in order to hopefully let the assistant coach rally around, you know, the players rally around an assistant coach and play because Michigan's better than what they're playing. And I think Brady Hope's lost that locker room, Jason. And I think I'm, I'm with Trey on this one. I think he's going to be gone sooner yeah. rather than later. If the AD's going to be gone as well, mate, possibly. That whole coaching staff lost the respect of the team. No, I mean, it's toilet. I mean, but I don't know. My honest opinion, my honest opinion, I could care less. It's not me. So, Michigan, you do what you got to do. I'm focused on my team. Exactly. That's about all you can do. But, guys, thank you very much for coming on tonight and joining us. We're about to get off here. It's been a long week. Trey, anything you want to cover in college football before we get out of here in a few minutes? Yeah, let's mention one thing, and then I'm going I'm to head out to uh, – I will tell you, the last time we saw a week like this, you know what year it was, Tarvin, in college football? You want to take a guess? Uh, probably, probably 19 19- – 38. <laughs> it was 2007. And you know what happened the very next week, Carvin, in 2007 after this mass sort of, you know, exodus of all these ranked teams losing? No, tell me. It, it happened again. So just telling you, man, the last time we saw this happen was 2007 with this many ranked teams losing. The next week saw about eight lose as well. So get ready, put your, put your cowboy hat on, buddy, because we could have another week like this again. I don't think I could handle it. My heart cannot take that kind of pounding, man. I'm just telling you. But but as an Auburn fan, I was very happy that that we didn't go down to the wire with LSU, that, that, you know, we can actually win a game without having to pull one out of our butt at the end of it. Maybe that's a good sign for Auburn. But, hey, Quinn was actually at the game last night, and I want to bring him on real quick before we go. And, and hey, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to log off, buddy, okay? All right, buddy. We'll see you. Quinn, welcome yeah. to the show, man. Hey. Hey, how'd you like Jordan-Hare Stadium, buddy? It was awesome. So how did you get down to the field again? I was the loyal fan of the game. I didn't – my aunt submitted, like, this application thing. And I guess like 300 people applied for it for for the LSU game, and I won out of 300 people. How did you win though? I guess the my well, I guess it's based off of like because my aunt pretty much said, and the stadium announcer said it over the PA about. He's been watching, like, every game since he's been six years old. He's been to the two national championships, but he's never been to game at – and this is his first game at Jordan-Hare. And I guess she probably – that's probably what she put in about how I've been watching <laughs> Auburn games since I was very little. Well, congratulations. I'm glad you got to enjoy a night game there and get a win. Uh, real quick, Notre Dame, did you get a chance to go back on your DVR and watch Notre Dame beat Stanford? I've been I've been busy since I've gotten home, so I haven't quite watched that yet. I saw I kind of saw I saw, I saw the score and then I saw some of the stats. I was glad they pulled out the 
win. Well, your Bears didn't play well, so you two of your three teams won. That's not a bad weekend. Two out of three no. of your teams win. Yeah, the Bears choked from what my dad told me. Yeah, they did, but at least they lost to Cam Newton Quinn. So at least you can you can go you can think that. But man, thanks for joining us on the show. We're going to be back Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And someone that lost a bet with me tonight did not call in. Sonia and Jason, you know who it is. Uh, a man should honor his bet. That's all I'm going to say. That's all, all I'm going to say. But we'll be back Wednesday night, 8.30, to break down another great weekend. Will it be as wild as this past weekend? Wow, if it is, we're in store for a great weekend of college football. So stay tuned. We'll get our games out while we're going to go over this week coming up. And I'm sure the Auburn-Mississippi State game will be number one. Game day will be there, number two versus three on the road. We're going to find out how good the Auburn Tigers are this weekend. We're going to see if Mississippi State's for real. We're going to see if Ole Miss can really rebound after an emotional win and go on the road and win the SEC West. So, Sonia, you know as well as I do, things change week to week to week. So I'm interested to see what all happens. Thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight. If you miss us live, listening to the archive if you want, but make sure you start joining us live. We, we have a chat room going and everything. We'd love to have you, and we'll see you Wednesday night. Right into this world. All alone, you gotta take your soul, you're on your own. <laughs>